I want you to listen to me within the next couple of minutes, which I'll be spending here. Last month, or two months ago, precisely in January, we started a topic before we moved to our variety month, which was in February. And in that topic, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And the theme of that message was Holy Spirit and me. 247. Holy Spirit and me. 247. What did I say? And in January, we looked at the subtopic, Who is the Holy Spirit? Part 1. Who is the Holy Spirit? So today, we will continue with our topic. We will look further into this topic. We want to understand what we mean by the Holy Spirit. And we want to bring it down into our perspective. As it applies to our individual and personal life. So, Today is going to be like, you know, more like a little bit of Bible study, a little bit of sermon. So everybody should have a Bible. Please help me, Juni. Make sure you have a Bible. So that when I'm, we are going into the Word of God, you can actually see what the Bible says. Make sure you're having your Bible. If you don't have one, we'll borrow you one. But next time when you're coming to the house of God, always bring your Bible. Now, we live in a world that is full of noise, sound, images. And all these things are always trying to get our attention. A lot of these things, particularly for young adults and young people, whom average attention is very little, find themselves struggling to focus on a particular thing. And at the same time, all this noise, sound, and images, not only are they making us not to be focused, to decide on what we want to do, it also takes our attention away from Christ. And in trying to decide what we want to do, what we want to see, and what we want to hear, most of the time, we end up becoming confused. Even more than confusion. Has anybody found himself in a situation where you enter into a shop where they are selling two, buy two, buy one, get two? Particularly when they say, this stock is closing down. Everything is now 99p. Immediately you enter into the shop, you feel like you want to buy everything. Then you come to the realization of, hey, debit card, my money, how much do I have? Then you begin to, you know, from being imaginary, you gradually be coming to your rational being that, hold on, 
I love everything, but I can't buy everything because I don't have all the money. Which is very similar to the thing that happens to us in the world. When we try to decide on what I want to see, what I want to hear, we begin to think using our intellect. But most of the time, we often forget something. And that thing is a great helper. That thing is a weapon that we can use. Sometimes we talk about this thing consciously and unconsciously. On how powerful it is. But the thing is, we don't make use of it every time. And that thing is called the Holy Spirit. So today, we are going to part two. So we are talking about Holy Spirit and Me 247. And the subtopic for this is Spirit, Soul, and Body. Part two. What did I say? So let me do a quick introduction. But let me ask you some few questions. Are you a son of God or a child of God? Who is a child of God? Okay. Everybody is a child of God. All right. That's good. I just want to be sure. Or else I'll pack up this message and go and push it in the toilet. <laughs> okay. Now, the next question is this. How do you know you are a child of God? What gives you the impression or the conviction that you are a child of God? Mm -hmm. Yes? We all say we are a child of God, so let's prove it. How do we know we are a child of God or children of God? Okay. Okay. Right. Any other one? Okay. Without wasting time. In fact, that's exactly the answer I want to hear. Let's open our Bible to Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans eight fourteen. What did the Bible say? We will read it out together loud and clear. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Help your neighbor so that they can get there quickly. It's in the New Testament. Are we ready? One, two, three. Let's go. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if you describe yourself as a son of God, as a child of God, as a daughter of God, you should be led by the Spirit. Now what that thing is saying is that we are not saying you should not make use of your natural intellect, your brain, which God has given to you, but alongside with that let the holy spirit always lead you as powerful as jesus is the bible makes us to understand a lot of time when you read the gospel of our lord jesus christ from matthew john and all the rest that you will always say this phrase and jesus was led by the spirit maybe one will ask himself why would somebody like Jesus be always led by the Spirit? It's showing us how powerful the Holy Spirit can be. If as powerful as Jesus is, he can think, he's full of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, yet he still relies on the Holy Spirit. What about you and me? 
That means no matter our academic qualification, whatsoever we have achieved, no matter how brilliant we may be, we still need the Holy Spirit to help us. So, this so-called Holy Spirit, what is it? When we say Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit? Now, listen to me here. Holy Spirit is a member of Trinity. Now, when we say Trinity, what do we mean? A good number of times, I'm sure some of us or a lot of us will have heard when we pray. We will often say, in the name of the Father, and what? And of the Holy Spirit. So, that shows us three in one. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. Which means the Holy Spirit also has the same authority, the same power as the Father and the Son. Two, Holy Spirit is God's agent. Why do we describe Holy Spirit as God's agent? Holy Spirit can do the work which nobody but God can do. Number three, Holy Spirit is a comforter. John 14, 26. When Jesus was about to depart, he told his disciple that, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will be sent to you in the name of the Father. And that's why most of the time, when people are not too happy, when they are passing through challenges, what do we always say? Sometimes we say, I hand you over to the Holy Spirit. What is that person trying to say? That is, the Holy Spirit should comfort you. If I come to your house to come and comfort you, no matter how long, I will go to my house one day. So the only last person that will stay with you is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John 16 verse 13 is the spirit of truth. John chapter 16 verse 13. How be it? When the spirit of truth is come, one, it will guide you into all truth. Two, it will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And we show you things to come. So three things I want us to mark in our Bible. One, it will guide you. Two, not speak of himself. And number three, it will show you of things to come. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's guide. It will not speak of himself. And it will, show, it will surely show you things that will happen. Many times we try to seek guidance. Through so many means, we speak to our friends, our parents. Why? Don't misunderstand me. That's absolutely fine. But that's not the ultimate. And probably not the best. A lot of time we try to reason things out. But when you look into the Bible, the Bible did not say you should rely totally on your senses. The Bible says there is a spirit of man 
which is the light of man. What does this mean? Basically, it means that the Spirit of God, which is the light of God in you, it will guide you, it will enlighten you through your spirit. Now, that will now lead me, or lead me to explain this. As much as possible, I'm trying to bring it down so that we can understand and see how it applies to our personal and private lives. So when they talk about the Holy Spirit, you'll be very, very clear. Now that leads me to talking about what we call the spirit, soul, and body. You know a lot of times I've said it that man is a spirit. And that's why the Bible says you are made in the likeness of God. That's why the Bible describes you as God. A man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. That's why we always say spirit, soul, and body. You don't mix it together or the other way around. The spirit, the soul, and body. Can we all say it? Spirit. Now, one thing you should understand is the spirit does not die. I know somebody may pick up a point here. I know in this ministry, when we pray, we always say what? After saying the prayer point, we always say, die in the name of Jesus. Now, when we say die in the name of Jesus in this ministry, we know that the spirit cannot die. But basically, the word die is like an idiomatic expression. It's a figurative expression, which is saying that I incapacitate, I destroy, I put into bondage, I limit the capacity, I render this power impotent. So we are not contradicting ourselves. We know that spirit does not die. Another thing which I also want you to know, I'm going to join all these things together. Let me digress a little bit. As you are standing up, you are made up of two things. Toby, stand up. There is an outward Toby which you can see now. What can you say about Toby? Okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Now, that's the external thing you can see about Toby. That's one part of Toby. There is another part inside of him, her, which you cannot see. Now, what you are seeing externally is not Toby. The real Toby is inside. Where am I going? 
If I buy a bottle of Pepsi, does the bottle represent Pepsi? What is the Pepsi? The content inside it. If I buy perfume, is the container the perfume? What's the perfume? The content. So the real you is actually your inward person. And that's why when a man died, what happened? Every other thing you are seeing now decays. And the only thing that remains is the spirit. Is everybody following me? Okay. So the inner man, the inner Toby, is the real Toby. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, from verse 14 to 16, For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. Verse 15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16 says, The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What am I trying to say? How does the Holy Spirit speak to you? How does God guide you? Through the Holy Spirit, using your spirit. That spirit is that person that is inside you, which nobody can see. I'm going to do an experiment here. How many people know this song? I'm standing with a man in the mirror. You see now? <laughs> Who sang this song? Aha! What is in Luke chapter 1 verse 1? <laughs> anyway, don't worry. Okay. I want to do an experiment. What is this? Wonderful. Right, Sote. <laughs> Stand up, please. Let's put our hands together for Sote. What is this? Okay. What can you see? Reflection of my face. Close your eyes. Open your eyes. What can you see? Paper folded on my head. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, remember, I'm talking about spirit, soul, and the body. Now, Sote can see himself inside this mirror. Is this mirror talking? But in a way, is it actually talking? Yes. This is the spirit. So in reality, you can't, in a way, point to the talk itself. You can't actually say there is a talk, but there is actually a talk. 
So this is the spirit. Now, Sotel looked into the mirror and said, he can see himself and he can see people on his head. How? Yeah, I know somebody puts it there. How did, maybe I should ask, how did they come to that conclusion? Yeah, there's still one level. You can open your eyes. What process that thing? It's brain. Exactly. That's where I'm going. So the brain is your soul, which is your emotion and intellect. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I think she said it, your experiences is shaping your reaction to things because you are comparing what you have experienced in the past to what you are facing now and you are trying to make a decision. Okay, so the spirit is intellect now and what is this? The body. So, thank you. Let's put our hands together for him. Is it all making all sense together now? That's the way the Holy Spirit is. You cannot see it. It speaks. But you can't prove to anybody that it's speaking. Just like this mirror is talking and saying something to him. But it's there. And you can't deny the existence. Now, let's now break this thing a little bit further down. That spirit is the real thing. And that's you. And that's why I said earlier that there are two parts to Toby. The external part and the inward part. That the real Toby is the inward one. And the real Toby is that spirit. Which no man can see. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4. What does verse 14? What does the Bible say? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Are we all there? I read. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, 
my spirit pray, but my understanding is unfruitful. When you read the same Bible verse in the Amplified Bible, it breaks it down to our everyday English, and I will read the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive, because it does not understand what my spirit is praying about. This is what happens when you see people speaking in tongues. They are not crazy. It's not that they are mad. In fact, they do not have a clue or understanding of what they are praying about or saying. But the Holy Spirit is actually helping them. The soul, which I rightly said, that is your emotion and the intellect. And your body, obviously, whenever you die, it just goes dead. Now, having this understanding that there are three parts of you in you, but the only one which connects you, the Holy Spirit, and God is your spirit. I know a lot of times people ask questions like, how do I know whether I have the Holy Spirit, this and this, blah, blah. The first question I normally ask people is this. Any normal average human being will have something that is called conscience. Who does not have a conscience? I know some people do not, but I think a lot of people do have. <laughs> Who does not have conscience here? So we know the kind of prayer we pray. <laughs> does your conscience speak to you when you do something bad, even though you deny it? Yes. When you look at how your conscience speaks to you, you begin to have an understanding of how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Because God is going to speak through the Holy Spirit and your spirit to you. So, for now, if you have a conscience that speaks, you are not far away from that Holy Spirit in you. So, it's as simple as that. I'm not going to rush this topic because I really want us to understand. So this week, the assignment I have for us is this. In your busy schedule, try to find about five minutes of which you will do nothing. Just no phone, just about five minutes. Don't receive any call. Don't talk to anybody. Just stay in a place where there's no much noise. And try to see, can you hear yourself speaking to yourself? Am I making sense? I said for five minutes this week, stay. Don't receive any phone call. Go to somewhere quiet if possible. Don't say anything. Keep quiet. Be listening and see whether you can actually hear yourself. So next week, I'll take it further. We'll explain from there. Praise God. Let us stand up. I want you to bow down your head and begin to tell God.
the Father. I want you to reveal to me the mystery of the Holy Spirit. I want to know the Holy Spirit better. I want to understand the unique way you speak to me through the Holy Spirit. Lord, open my understanding this week in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray. Lord, I want to understand the mystery of the Holy Spirit. I want to understand how the Holy Spirit speaks particularly to me. I want to understand how you use the Holy Spirit to speak to me through my spirit. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. You will lift up your voice that anything in me driving away the Holy Spirit from my life, I command you to come out now and be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Anything in me that is driving the Holy Spirit away from my life, out. Come out of my life and be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Come out of my life and be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Come out of my life and be destroyed in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we are praying. I used to say that a man cannot be in a state of vacuum. Basically, what am I trying to say? There is no period in your life that you will just be there without thinking about nothing. You may not think about something for a couple of minutes, five, ten minutes maybe, but after some time, your mind will start thinking about something. And that's why when the Holy Spirit is in you, the right thoughts begin to flow through your mind. You will lift up your voice and pray. Holy Spirit, enter my life afresh in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, enter my life afresh in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, enter my life afresh in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name.